0: You're listening to Be On the Bike with Big Lou. And now a few words from our advertisers.
1: Welcome to Sismontane Brewing Company. We are located at 1409 East Warner, Suite 6, Santa Ana, California 92705. We are open on Monday through Thursday from 3 to 9, Friday and Saturday from 12 to 9, and Sunday from 12 to 6. We have 15 beers on tap with rotating seasonal options. We also have a cask night and taco Tuesday every Tuesday from three to nine. And we also feature vinyl Sundays where you can come and choose your own record and we play your music for you. We'll see you soon Santa Ana, cheers. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Beyond the Bike. JC's <laughs> in the studio. What's up, Jordan Steyer?
0: I think you get creepier every time you do that. <laughs> welcome, welcome,
1: welcome. Hey, Halloween's around the corner, man.
0: Yeah, I mean that's a different kind of creepy. I mean, you're you're like predator creepy, but not like the not the sci-fi predator.
1: Damn, that's savage, dude. All right, so what up? what do we have here on the uh, on our board here? Uh, just BS. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me get let me go ahead and get my assistant over here. Hey
0: Cheryl, Cheryl, hey, get over here. <laughs> Your board looks like a three by five note card.
1: <laughs> it is, dude. This is a uh, uh, regulation style for for college. All right, we have a good beer lineup tonight. Uh, one of them, courtesy of Jay Stay.
0: Finally, finally contributing to the to the cause. What
1: uh, uh, what do we got here? Lamp Lighter Brewing Company.
0: I bought it when I was in Boston.
1: Boston. Boston. Double IPA, 8% alcohol, right? New new slang. Let's see here. No okay. idea
0: how it tastes. All right. Don't even I didn't even read the label. Cambridge, Ma- cool.
1: Massachusetts.
0: Dude at the uh, front, I was like, "Hey, what's up? Uh, what's good?" And he's like, this "What's is good this, in the neighborhood?" This is, this is popular right now. I'm like,
1: okay. okay. And then we got some uh, Pizza port. I was there with today with Uncle B. We had some pizza, of San course. San
0: Clemente Pizza Port.
1: Yeah, Swami's, right? IPA. It's a cool spot. I got this for you because I know you like the pine piney hoppy stuff, dude. I'm like, think I about, appreciate you. Yeah, I think about Jordan. I'm uh, like, what am, I need to get bring some for Jordan, dude. I know he's getting <laughs> a little tired of these all the hazy stuff, man. He wants something like a punch in the mouth. So we have something s- with flavor, <laughs> you know. Six point eight percent. Uh then we got some more stuff from our uh Alvarado Street friends um, from that. Salinas, Rockets and the Countach. The Countach, dude. I mean, who doesn't like the Lamborghini Countach? It's a good when beer you were a kid, too. dude.
0: It's a good beer,
1: right? I'm sure you had one in your room somewhere. The Countach? poster? Uh,
0: no, I was. I had a Saline S7. Do you know what a Saline S7? Of course is? I do. And I had a uh, what color? Gray. No, it's red.
1: Red. Yeah. I think they had a gray one, didn't they?
0: No, the red is like their
1: their their color. Okay.
0: And then I had a uh, McLaren F1 LM in yellow. Mm. Mm. that was mm-hmm. above my bed that was my thing then i had a i had a uh mercedes clk gtr model do you know what the clk gtr is
1: was that the going
0: no, no it was like a Le Mans looking uh car with like i think had a uh, a flat 10 v10 motor i want to say hmm. i have no idea i think i'm, I'm probably just i think i, I want to say it's a v10 it's a sweet car but there's not many of them but yeah that was like my it's my mm. lineup Okay, my dream board.
1: <laughs> any any uh, any models, any posters of models in your room? Nah, dude, <laughs> just cars. <laughs> my parents didn't <laughs> allow me do that. Okay, that okay. My thing Yeah, dude, uh, did you ever build model cars when you were a kid, dude? No, I. You never got into it? No, I
0: was. I mean, I was in the Legos and stuff like that, and I, I used to build. Um, I got this one kit that allowed you to make not like uh, suspension, suspension. You didn't have springs or anything, but I was doing like the. Uh, like, there was, like, pivot points. You can, like, mess with suspension on trucks and stuff. It was pretty cool. Like, I had a truck with a trailer that had suspension, and I would put, like... There was, like, a boat that I made, too. I put it on the trailer, and I would just kind of, like, run it over stuff, and you could see the suspension move. <laughs> just stuff like that. It was goofy. I was, like, I was, like, super intrigued with that kind of stuff. Interesting. Yeah, but I never got into actually doing, like, the uh, the models and the painting and whatnot. Yeah, I did. My dad did that, too.
1: Yeah. Uh, my dad started it when I was a kid. We did... Uh, uh, it, was a, it was a boat... Um, what What was it called it was like um, during Vietnam War they had it was like um, like big old I have to look it up but like big torpedoes on the side you know what I mean and they were it it came out in in like an old movie but anyways
0: I'm not I'm not knowledgeable on that stuff okay so and (laughs) you know
1: I got into that you know building models I would go to like Michael's or something or like to you know hobby store hobby store yeah and uh, I got into it for a while dude you know really took my time and you know Try to paint them really nice and stuff, but it it's hard, dude. You know you it's, have to be like really precise. It's hard. It's time really consuming too. Yeah. If
0: if you have other stuff going on, it's kind of tough. I mean, you have to kind of make it your your thing if you want to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it takes a long time.
1: Yeah. And There's then fun. I had a '64 Impala that I put switches on it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, no, that's when I was in junior high, dude. Did you really? Yeah, yeah. You you, you bought like a like a like a hydraulics well, I thought,
0: kit. I thought you had like legit. 64 Impala. No, no, no. I was like no. Jesus Christ. No, 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 no. A
1: model, sorry. Sorry. It was a model 64 Impala.
0: Where they had like little battery operated t- uh it had like a little motor hydraulics? like
1: yeah, it had like a kit. You would buy the kit for it, like a like a hydraulics kit and then you would install it. And you had like batteries and you know, it had like different different modes. I remember that, dude? I don't know what happened to it, but True Cholo dude. <laughs> lean That's like totally a cholo. That's hilarious. <laughs> I didn't know they had that. I yeah, guess yeah. I guess they would. Yeah. That's funny. All right, man. Let's uh, let's let's do some beer, dude. I'm, I'm ready for some beer. What do you want? Let's let's try this uh, one from Massachusetts first. Sure. All right. I hate that. <laughs> you hate that sound. I hate that sound. All right. It's just something that Jordan's gonna like, dude. This <laughs> looks like piss. Piss water right here, dude. <laughs>
0: Probably smells like piss too.
1: Where's your cup at, man? Oh, uh, you brought you brought a.
0: I brought I brought a real cup this time, dude. All right. Got that insulated cup. I was hating how that. Uh... What? I mean, I wasn't drinking all It's a Starbucks. Cup. Oh,
1: okay. All right. It's hey.
0: Stainless steel. It's whatever, dude. But no, I was hating the beer. was getting warm in those plastic cups. Yeah. I'm I, I not drinking it fast enough, yeah. apparently, dude.
1: I went to Bear Coast today. Bear Coast uh, uh, coffee. Pretty oh, good. Yeah.
0: Man. Is that the one right next door to Psychological? Mm hmm. Nice. Did you go to that one specifically? Yes. Oh, sir. You're, you're in that area. I was you're in good. the
1: neck of the woods. Yeah. Nice. How was that? I asked for a latte and it was good. It was just like portola style size cups they're like small yeah you know five uh, bucks i mean hey whatever it's quality right but i mean it's like man this is like a small cup so i gotta like really sip on it dude
0: yeah i mean a big latte is kind of tough because uh it, it's sometimes gets too like milked <laughs> like i guess watered down with milk if you want to call it that right so maybe that's i mean it's, it's good to have like a smaller size like anymore if i get a latte from uh From uh, Starbucks I usually get a grande I used to get a venti But the grande feels like There's like more coffee To milk ratio Mm -hmm. The ratio yeah Yeah. Right And then it just I mean I'd rather have Like a good latte That's smaller than One that's just milky I guess Mm -hmm. But yeah five bucks Same thing if you go to like um, What's that uh, What's that donut place Everybody goes to
1: Donut star I don't know dude No Is it like a famous place Or what uh, Sprinkles Oh sprinkles donuts Randy's donuts In LA no,
0: sprinkles is cupcakes. Jesus. It's one in Newport. That same kind of thing. You get like a caramel latte or whatever, and it's mm. it's literally like one of those cups you get at like a hotel, like just the like coffee up front kind of thing. Just yep. that little cup, and it's like five fifty or yep. something. It's like, get out of here. That ain't worth it.
1: Well, I mean, you have to you know establish some kind of a Side value. Sidecar. Sidecar Side donuts. Sidecar donuts. Yeah, okay. Thing. Yeah. All right, all right. Anyways, cheers. Cheers, man. See Actually, guys. it's pretty good. It's pretty good. So what's what? Actually. What are they? Yeah, what do they allow on a on a plane to bring over, like beer-wise? Did they tell you like you can only bring one, one so, can, two cans? What's what's the uh, what's the rule
0: on that? Well, I was planning on drinking the thing when I was there, but like I got two cans and it just every night we ended up going out somewhere and I just didn't want to come back and drink more. So I was like, okay, what do I do with this? So I looked it up and um, I, we just put it in our checked-in bag. Like we had one bag that we we just put all of our big stuff into. Everything else was a carry-on. But yeah, I just put it in a check-in bag. That was it, huh? Yeah, I, I, I was kind of surprised. I didn't really know like carbonation, like mm-hmm. being whatever. With the
1: pressure I, and stuff like that, right?
0: Yeah, I put it in a Ziploc bag just in case it exploded. It didn't like go everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and onto like my girlfriend's parents' clothes and everything, Whoops. like my suit and everything. I'm like, ah, probably, probably be careful with this. And I told like him too. I was like, We could sell it. We could sell it. We could throw this away like right now if you want. And like, you don't have to risk that. I'm like, yeah, it's just clothes. We'll wash it. I'm like, All right. Go. Yeah. So I brought it back. Man. But, um,
1: so let's talk about bike sales dude a little about? bit of research bike sales in the first quarter up 2.4 percent dude okay it's pretty good and I mean what's uh, what kind of um, well thanks to the e-bikes e-bikes were were the ones that really helped also gravel bikes
0: what's our geographic? Uh,
1: um, they just they just uh, pulled up some stats online and uh, just want to see what where the industry is kind of going. U.S. or global? I mean? this is, this is, I'm sorry, this is U.S. Okay, these are U.S. stats. Is yeah.
0: that North America meaning that could be Canada and? No, this yeah. is the United just States. Use? Okay,
1: greatest country in the world, USA. Man, check yourself. <laughs>
0: okay, two hundred and twenty-nine.
1: <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So, two hundred and twenty-nine million sales.
0: Up two percent, huh? 2.9? Yeah, two point two point four percent. Two point four, yeah. That's pretty
1: significant. Yeah,
0: pretty significant. And and what are the e-bikes you're saying or
1: e-bikes, e-bikes and gravel bikes are the ones. And, and and obviously, you can see that. Like when you know the trends and stuff like that, what's going on? Like you see a lot of gravel grinder races, a lot of gravel events. You know, people are kind of leaning towards that because it's such a versatile bike versus just having a standard road bike. You know, you mm-hmm. have a gravel bike, and most of them are you know, they have discs. Right? Mm-hmm. So you don't, you know, better stop in power. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the head angle is a little bit slacker versus a road bike. Right? So you can descend a little bit better. believe so. Yep. And always the e-bikes. I mean... I'd be, uh, I'd be curious
0: the difference between the mountain bike and the commuter style. So I, I was talking to Tawny. Um, what was that? Um, Tawny, the owner of the Path, uh, on the ride on Sunday, this last Sunday.
1: Okay. For the yeah. anniversary party?
0: Yeah. We were talking about e-bike sales, and I was... I I basically asked him, I was like, hey, like, on the whole topic of our trail access issues right now, or at least, like, the ranger issue that mountain bikers are having, Mm -hmm. um, I was like, so when you sell an e-bike, do you tell these people, like, hey, just to let you know, like, you're not allowed in the OC parks and everything, he's like, honestly, I haven't, we're not even selling them all that much, he's like, we've probably sold a dozen since the end of, or beginning of 2017, I think you said. Really? Okay. So he hasn't sold that many, um, and half of those, they were the commuter style, so mm-hmm. that's what I was going to say. I wonder what the commuter Prob- mountain bike.
1: Probably it's more commuters than anything else. It's huge. Else. Especially,
0: yeah. especially uh, rental companies. Mm-hmm. Like if you go to like the beach or something, or if you go to, um, same thing we went to Boston, it's like you you look at, all the commuter bikes, they have, like, systems there, which I'm sure you've seen, where you can just pick up a bike and go from station to station. Is it, like,
1: here, where people just leave them on people's lawns, and yeah, there's, that's... like, lawsuits because you're tripping over stuff and breaking your teeth and yeah. <laughs> breaking bones? Yeah, with those, uh, what are those, the... Um, Birds or whatever? Bird, yeah, the yeah. bird scooters. Yeah. But, but,
0: like, yeah, it's stupid, dude. In L.A., it's kind of funky. Like, I don't know how that... It's too, too widespread of a, of a city. Mm-hmm. But in Boston, and, like, from... And if you go to the beach, too, you can uh, see those companies have, like, those big fat bike e-bikes. Yeah that seems to be the thing people mm-hmm. like them same thing you go, you go up to Mammoth all like all the people that are there running bikes like it seemed like half the people are on e-bikes
1: well i think i think that's the only mountain that's allowed to to have e-bikes right
0: yeah but even they even had like plus size uh 24 inch like kids bikes Jeez. that were e-bikes like hardtails that were e-bikes
1: were they all pedal assist or was it the throttle
0: they're just uh, pedal assist okay, I, mean, it, it I
1: i ped- i rode one today dude with a throttle it's a little sketchy, dude. Imagine if you're like a little buzz dude, <laughs> you got a throttle going on. Dude. <laughs> well, talk, I, talk about the whiskey throttle going on, dude. It's, it's gonna get somebody hurt.
0: I think, I mean, I think technically those you need a license, but
1: for the twist throttle,
0: for like a throttle style, I would, I would okay. assume if it, okay. if, if it allows you to go over like 24 miles an hour and 27, something like that, I think it's technically you need
1: mm, okay.
0: maybe not a license, but you got to be careful, <laughs> yeah.
1: It's gonna hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid hurts.
0: Anyways, I just went on a tangent. Go for yeah, it. Yeah. Uh sales.
1: Sales, dude. So the pie chart, right? Um seventy seventy seven point three million dollars worth of mountain bikes were sold. Okay. Last year.
0: Significant. Trend, um actually.
1: You know, followed by road bikes sixty eight point six. And then uh Road bikes less than mountain bikes? Yeah. Wow. So there's more more road bikes sold. But what surprised more me, mountain bikes sold more yeah more mountain bikes sold yeah well
0: more money I mean, it could be a lot of expensive mountain bikes too I guess all, I, I wonder all the what add-ons. the add-ons yeah I wonder what the numbers are like I mean road bikes are expensive too but yeah I but I, I think
1: I think people tend to um, customize more of their mountain bike than their road bike right I mean if you think about it like
0: I don't I don't want to like I don't wanna, I don't want to say that I'm just
1: I'm it's just my personal opinion
0: I feel like whenever you see like dudes. 40s 50s 60s on the road bikes on the weekends they always have like their fancy carbon wheels and like they always like to have i guess with with road bikes it's it's like unkosher to like mix and match stuff i guess like drivetrain wise like they all have the same thing if you have like shimano durace you have durace everything if you have mm-hmm. old Tager, it's old Tager everything same thing with SRAM red i feel like they all have this, the same kind of thing and mm-hmm. then envy i guess if you get envy you have to have the envy stem envy bars yeah, maybe. Maybe it's not as, like, crazy with all the different colors and different customizations. Yeah. There's I, not so many tire options. I guess there are tire options, but it's not, like, the same thing where people are like, oh, dude, you got to get the skin walls. You got to get—maybe the mountain bikers are a little more—you conv- you convince me, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's <laughs> it didn't take long. It's <laughs> bullshit. I wonder, though. I mean, obviously, you probably sold more mountain bikes to get that kind of number, but it'd be yeah. curious. I would have thought road uh, bikes would have
1: been— E-bikes, $27.4 million. Dollars. Damn. Yeah. And Damn. then uh, lifestyle, maybe like, you know, lifestyle bikes, I would call it like. Uh, Kids' bikes. Or no, no, no. Um, like, <clears throat> what do you call those things? Like the commuter bikes or yeah, the, beach cruisers, right? Those were at 10.6 million. Yeah. Youth bikes, 9.2. Not bad. And uh, what's really down is BMX, with $4.3 million. They're like at the bottom. Yeah. I mean, it used to be bigger,
0: that's for sure. I mean, like, with kids anymore, you definitely don't see that many uh, BMX bikes. You see scooters. Scooters mm-hmm. are definitely on the rise. But
1: yeah, I, you know, it's, uh, you know, everybody's talking about more kids on bikes, but, you know, you look at the numbers, and, you know, numbers should be higher than that. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know if it's because parents don't want to spend too much money on their kids' bikes because they're going to outgrow grow it. I don't know if that's one of the reasons, or they're just— too damn expensive for kids bikes, you know. You seen some of their like custom, you know, kids bikes, and you know you're spending a lot. Of, you know, custom this and full suspension, and yeah, it's a lot of money, dude.
0: Yeah, I mean, especially full suspension if you're if you're balling out like that. But mm-hmm. even just a hardtail though, if you get like a just a like a Giant or a Trek, they have like those kids mountain bike hardtails. Mm-hmm. They're still like four or five hundred bucks. And like when I first got into mountain biking, I was on a five hundred dollar Trek, and that was the twenty six or whatever it was. Forty, I think it was a Trek four thousand five hundred. But it was five hundred bucks. I'm like, damn, like this is a lot. So if you have, if you have like a twenty inch bike, that's four or five hundred bucks. It's a lot of money. That's like, a lot of money. A yeah. lot of people, like when I was working at the shop, they would be like, oh, this bike looks good. It's got shocks. It's got you know eight gears in the back. Like what are we looking at? Like 150, 200 bucks. I was like, it's like four <laughs> fifty. <laughs> and they're like, what? Ay Dios mío. Well, cause like when we first got into mountain biking too, like when my my dad and I, we were looking in the shop and there's bikes that were a thousand dollars. Like, holy shit. Yeah. People spend a thousand dollars on mountain <laughs> and bikes. And now <laughs> Now we have wheel sets that are like a thousand bucks. But it's yeah,
1: crazy, man. Yeah, uh kind of going to wheel sets, talking about wheel sets, uh so uh, to me it looks like like uh Santa Cruz has kind of locked down that market, dude. Like you see a lot of other brands, you know, whether it being like specialized or whatever, like, everybody's kind of jumping on that Santa Cruz wheel train, dude, because of that, you know, lifetime warranty. Oh, the reserves? Yeah, Yeah. the reserve wheels, yeah. And I I saw, like, a big old cardboard cutout of, like, Envy trying to make that push again.
0: Envy's trying to, they have, like, promotions right now where you can basically trade in any carbon rim, and they'll take some money off of a set. They want people to buy wheels, apparently, so.
1: Wow, I was talking to Tony about that at the shop in Tustin, and, uh. You know, he's saying those those. I mean, if you go to if you go to the Wall in Tustin, it's all pretty much reserves. Reserves. You know, he's got a few Envies and he says that those the reserves are the ones that are really cranking out, and they're selling more of those versus the Envies.
0: Yeah, the Envy. I mean, the reason why they did well in the past, I think, is because one, they they wrote off the name. Um, you know, obviously Envy had like that prestigious name and the prestigious look, mm-hmm. and still does. But once competition kind of came around, the price of their wheels went up. Like when they first came out, they were like 22, 23, 2400 bucks. Yep, I remember that. Yeah, now they're twenty eight hundred. You know, and you can get obviously custom hubs. Like they were doing like those DT one eighty hubs, ridiculous, mm-hmm. stuff, which was like thirty five hundred bucks for a set. But the price went up. They don't. They don't have a, a budget uh, budget friendly wheel set. They don't have a budget wheel set. They don't have like a like a C and a CC build right. kind of thing um, with their wheels. So I, I wonder if they'll end up doing that to to compensate because. I mean, what, what's a reserve wheel set with uh, DT350s? You're looking at maybe... 1800, for f- 1800? Less? I'm not sure. I think it's probably around... It's definitely under 2000. Yeah. So I wanna, regardless, I want to say... 1600 or something like that? It might be
1: like 1600 for that. And then uh,
0: for like the Chris Kings or... Is it? Is it D, or did they do Chris King or... Uh, like, I think it's in I know, yeah. Those are probably like 1950, 2000. Mm-hmm. And like weight-wise, you're about the same as right. the Envy. The so there's really no reason. I mean...
1: Life's unwinded, dude yeah and it's <laughs> i mean how can you how can you beat that dude i mean who who's out there gonna beat that it's tough dude if you spend that kind of money you want that
0: kind of warranty for sure but i mean i'm seeing a lot of those breaking from people that i know
1: i, I do know a couple guys that uh well especially one guy one colorado guy,
0: yeah that's the same guy <laughs> he's broken like a high tower frame and yeah i, I don't know what he's doing he's <laughs> gone through three three reserve wheels i think in the past year year and a half
1: that's his money's worth dude. This it's getting his money's money, worth money
0: well spent but that sucks man like i i mean i've gone over a year with a wheel or a wheel set aluminum wheel set i haven't had to do anything maybe mm-hmm. like really true if like or just uh, tighten a few spokes but when you're just breaking wheels it kind of ruins the day and if you're out in the middle
1: of nowhere and your wheel breaks it's kind of shitty is it is it because of the resin that they're using oh i have no idea because you know it depends on i mean you can tune the, the the carbon depending on like what you like the layup, you know. Well, it could be
0: it could be user error too. We don't know what kind of pressure he's running. Right. I mean, a lot of people think that. I mean, I, one, one one your pump could be wrong. That's yeah. a huge issue. Like my pump, well, my pump will say it's like twenty five when it's actually thirty psi. But I've seen some where it's like, oh, it says it's thirty psi, and you put a gauge on it, and it's actually twenty five. So it goes the opposite way. So maybe he thinks he's putting twenty five psi in there. He's actually putting twenty. And just smashing rims.
1: So so step number one is buy yourself a new digital pump.
0: <laughs> I like yours. So I was actually, when I, mean, I was hanging out with the, uh, I rode with Dan Williams a couple weekends ago. and he. Uh, yeah, how, how'd you like that? I was going to ask you about that.
1: You were on the 5010, right?
0: Yeah, 5010. Uh, okay. New trail, new bike, everything. It was ridiculous. It was fun. It's actually a lot of fun. But like I was saying, like his pump was way off and he had the same uh, digital gauge, like hand gauge that I had too. Because his pump is so bad, mm-hmm. and I was telling him about your pump. That is it a giant uh, digital yeah. gauge? Yep, I think sweet. Yeah, and it goes in half psi's too, which is yeah. pretty cool. And, yeah. and,
1: and bars. I really like that. No, I mean, nothing we use here.
0: No, but yeah, that's that's like a that's a trick little setup. And I mean, it, as long as it's accurate, which I, I would assume digital would be more accurate.
1: Yeah. But as long as you don't drop it. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh, reserve Santa Cruz reserve wheels are 1600 bucks. That's that's the going rate right now. For D T 350s Yeah, for 350s, yep.
0: yep. Weight-wise, you're probably looking 1,700-ish grams for a 29er. Yeah. I mean,
1: Depending on width, too. They have a bunch of different widths. They do have a bunch of different options. Dude, I mean, you can't go wrong, dude. You know, they have 37. No. They have the new 37 rim so or 20 so for 2.5 or 2.2. Two point eight tires, dude. Those are moto. Uh, when you start stepping into like two, some over two four, they're actually I would say it's, two it's, eight. It's,
0: it's over two five.
1: Two eight, you're kind of like in the moto world now, dude. <laughs> the the
0: the weird, the the blurry line that people are having a hard time crossing, and, and myself included, is that I, I always run the Minion DHF in the front on my enduro bikes because mm-hmm. I like that thing. It's a two point five wide trail, and then once you go to two point six, it's like oof, like what are we doing? 2.6 and like specialized has their I think it's like their butcher and all those tires they come in 2.6 or 2.3, so you have to decide do you want to go, and like sorta of plus or do you want to stay in the regular realm? Right, it's kind of funny. I think Maxis even has like a 2.5 to 2.6, but the 2.6 sidewall is a little bit different, so it just it blows up bigger. Like it, it seems a lot
1: bigger than the 2.5. Mm-hmm. So so the people Reser- want that reserve 25, which is more of a XC style, right? Uh, the wheel set, I mean the complete weight. For a, for a DT Swiss 350 setup, is 1600 grams. Damn. And then if i9, you go to 1587. And then Chris King, obviously, they're a heavier wheel set. So you're getting at 1719 grams for the Reserve 25, which is an XC build, right? The Chris Kings are that much heavier? Yeah. Damn. Yep. That's yep. not
0: even. I mean, they're nice, but Jesus. So 1,600 grams of DT350s, which is it's a bomb-proof hub, that's mm-hmm. that's freaking, that's killer, dude.
1: And, that's, and so, like, the standard DT Swiss 350 is 1600 bucks for the reserve 25, 27, or 30. So three different options, the same price. Don't and they have, like, a
0: 35 mil, too?
1: They, um, they just, I think, just came out with a new one, with 35. Because I think Mike at the shop. 37. It's uh, a 37. 37. Yep. And that's for, like, the big old tires, dude. For a 2.5 to 2.8, and yeah. it allows all the way to 3.0 tires, dude.
0: Yeah, that's what uh, Mike at the Path, um, he just built up his 5010. Oh, yeah. He's got
1: mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the price is, I mean, it's there, dude. It's a cheap price, dude.
0: 1600 for a lifetime. 1600 bucks for cheap. lifetime warranty, dude. That's cheap. cheap. for carbon. But then, okay, they put it into perspective with Envy. Envy's you know, 2800 bucks. It's literally $1,000 more.
1: With no lifetime warranty. $1,000 more. I think they have a crash replacement warranty, but uh, it's not a... Yeah, I w- well, obviously Santa Cruz—they're building tons of wheels and bikes and stuff. Yeah, so they have the they have the uh, the. But Envy is a wheel
0: company. I mean, they make components, but yeah, they're known for the wheels. But
1: they got bought out by was it Mavic? They that, that bought them out, or some some other somebody else bought them out. I think you're right. So I think I
0: think Mavic is involved. Did they buy? I think Mavic bought them. I would assume yes. Mavic's bigger. Yep. Yep. Be curious, yeah. Mavic just came out with some carbon stuff too, not too long ago. Looks pretty good. Traditional wheel set, not Mavic style wheel set. Right, right. Wonder if they use the same kind of technology.
1: What What, what about the new uh, um, Crank Brothers wheel set? Synthesis wheel set. Yeah,
0: It look good. I mean, it's just another wheel set. What you about know? the price tag? What is the? It was like 4000 four, four grand. Four grand? You're, <laughs> no, you're way off. <laughs> you, no, no, no. That's no, what no, I. No. Okay, so no, I'm it's a, it's under two thousand.
1: It's probably the beer that I'm drinking. <laughs> Jeez, four grand, dude. No, but you know, um, but you know the trip that everybody's kind of going asymmetrical style now. I know, I know, uh, you know the Santa Cruz stuff is asymmetrical, which
0: yeah, I mean it makes sense.
1: You know, I mean the, or it works.
0: It kind of, I don't know if it necessarily started with WTB with their asym, it was A-S-Y-M asymmetrical rims.
1: I think also uh, Race Face th- had had an asym wheel set as well.
0: I th- well, the name A S Y M though I think is uh, W T B's. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, that could be. I think that's mm. right. Okay. But um, I think they they were like one of the, at least the first ones that I saw that were doing it. it. Makes sense. I mean, the the equal spoke tension too. But I want to say the crank brother
1: wheel also has. It's like tuned, like the the world's first tuned, uh, where it's like I think the thing the front is is like the softer than the rear or something like that. They have different widths too. Yeah, like the uh, the front um, is wider than the mm-hmm. wider than the rear.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: um, I don't know, man. That's a that's a lot of Jesus. money, dude. That's a lot of money, dude. If that's what it is, that's a lot of money. What? Four grand for a wheel set?
0: It's not, dude. It's twenty four hundred bucks. Is it? Yes.
1: Okay, that's still a lot of money, dude.
0: Jesus, four grand. Dude. <laughs>
1: it's a lot of money. Try again. It could be. It could be four grand for the price. I don't know. I mean, that's a, that's a big gamble, dude. Twenty four hundred bucks versus sixteen hundred dollars. For left warranty. I mean...
0: It's so strange. The front wheel is a 28-spoke. The rear wheel is a 32. Front wheel is 31.5 and width. Rear wheel is 29.5. That is so strange. I mean, I guess if they want to do it. And then the the hub is not their... uh, Proprietary hub? Well, it's, it's their Synthesis 11 hub, but it's got the Project 321 internals. So Project 321, some people say, is a rip-off of I-9. Okay, but um, just a high engagement hub, no mm-hmm. longer their own hub style because they had some issues with their hubs in the past. Yeah, their newer stuff before this were okay, but like their the bearing setup was a little shoddy, I guess.
1: Was it because of the their sourcing for the bearings?
0: No, it was their sealing system. It could have been the bearing itself, but there was there's some sealing issue they were having with the um with their funky reverse spoke nipple setup that they had. Mm-hmm. Um. It's like first and second gen. They were having issues with it, where they're just kind of getting shitty after a couple months.
1: Interesting. but Okay. What's, so I was kind of searching on the internet, dude. There's more and more companies that are building carbon bikes here in the U.S. One in, in the U.S.? Yeah, here in the U.S. Uh, one in particular is Allied Cycle Works, hmm. and they're in uh, Little Rock.
0: Never heard of them. What do they yep. uh, They make road bikes.
1: Road bikes, yeah. Se- it uh, seems to be the intro.
0: I mean, mountain bikes are definitely more complex for companies to do that. But yeah. Well, because
1: so, especially if you kind of get into the realm of like full suspension, because mm-hmm. then you got to figure out the leverage ratios and just a bunch of other stuff that just costs a lot of money. So this guy that this guy that started this company came from Orbea, so he's the one that kind of put Orbea on the map here in the states. Okay. And then he went off and, and started his own company in uh, Little Rock. Um, they have two models that are available, the Alpha and the All Road. So the All Road is more like, you know, gravel grinder, you know, take it off road type of deal, but nice. It's uh you know, materials that are sourced here in California and then they're shipped out there to them. And it's all built in like this big factory. So
0: how expensive are we looking for a frame?
1: Um I think they're um, so their their frame, their alpha frame is three grand, and their all road is thirty five hundred bucks. And then you can you know do a custom build from there, and they have different colorways and stuff like that. But I mean, overall the frame looks really nice, and uh, it's made here in the U.S. And what he was saying is, if he had the same style of a factory, like the square footage,
0: three dollars three thousand bucks for a frame. yeah,
1: and the square footage here in California it would it would cost him like seventy thousand dollars a month. <laughs> You know, for what he what he gets over there for like pretty much nothing, mm-hmm. so you know,
0: you kind of have to do that.
1: Yeah, but it's cool. Like you know, now there's more options for people to be like, well, you're now now you're being more conscious about you know, the environment because it's it's built here, right? So you don't have to worry about it, you know, getting shipped across the ocean, right? So quality's here, and you're helping jobs here in the United States versus you know mm-hmm. overseas.
0: I wonder what their uh, employee count's like.
1: How long have they been around, do you know? Since, uh, I want to say, uh, you know what, I didn't check their, their, you know, established by. I was just kind of just ga- glancing around. I'm like, well, how, you know, I wonder how many, you know, companies are building, like, awesome products. I mean, there's a lot of other companies, like Chumba and, you know, a bunch of other companies that are building, you know, pretty cool bikes. You know, Thai Steel, you know. Is but, Chumba still around? hmm Oh,
0: shit. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But... Carbon fiber, I mean, that's, you know, it's the t- science t- behind it, dude.
0: It's, it's tough in the U.S., for sure, to yeah. do uh, carbon fiber. Another company, too, is Gorilla Gravity. You know much about Gorilla Gravity? No. Um, they're a company that make um, in-house aluminum frames okay. at, a, at a really good price, too. You can get, like, a complete 29er, like, an all-mountain 29er for, like, less than four grand. Complete? Complete. With, what like, a pike is. fork and maybe, like, a mix of GX and NX and stuff like that. And so,
1: yeah, so, sorry to cut you off, but I was uh, kind of searching around, like, what is a a, what is it nx uh complete grupo cost
0: it's like 350 400 bucks with yeah a, with a crank something like that uh four, i don't think i don't think it's with the crank 450 with the crank
1: is it with the crank 450 with the crank dude i'm like that's beyond cheap dude
0: yeah but it's heavy as hell i mean it it's is cool because it's like it the is. access at
1: 12 speed or whatever but yeah
0: just look at their 11 speed. Just look at their 11 speed. 11 speed works.
1: <laughs> that just Eagle, man, is so nice, dude. Just put,
0: just put in a little bit of work It's <laughs> fine. <laughs> put in a little work. That NX cassette is so heavy, dude. It is. It, it, it's a thing. beast. It's a it's, beast of a thing, dude. And it sucks because the most expensive part is the cassette, basically. I and mean, besides mm-hmm. if you get carbon cranks, whatever. But the cassette, your wear item, is basically where you're going to save. And that's where the most important weight is at. It's rotational weight. Mm-hmm. Is in your cassette. And that's where you want to put the money. So it's like, oh, get all the NX. And then you can get like a, even a GX cassette is like. Still, one hundred and seventy bucks or whatever it is, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the the part itself is impressive when it comes to machining. But
1: the impressive one is when the <laughs> XX one and, and then the uh, one piece. Yeah, the, the XO one, the one piece stuff. Well,
0: they're not one piece anymore, right? They're like the only the bottom eleven or bottom ten or yeah, something like yeah. And
1: then the, the big ring, I think, is riveted on there it's, or it's something. A, like that. It's aluminum, yeah. Yeah, obviously,
0: to save weight too. But uh,
1: just the process of them like machining Crazy. it, dude, it's amazing,
0: dude. Yeah, my dad and I talked about it when being in the machine shop. Uh, World, but if you were to be a a small company to make a cassette like that when that first came out, it was just like, dude, how are they charging only four hundred bucks for that cassette? Obviously, they have it set up where they're doing a mass production and they know that they're going to sell them. But like, and if you told a shop, hey, build this for me, you're looking at thousands. Like, I wonder what Mm -hmm. I wonder what it cost them to do the first one. It had to have cost them thousands of dollars. I don't even know where it would be. So.
1: Uh, so i mean i'm assuming they have like their own factory right for them to do all that stuff and have oh yeah it's all in house to like like when they do that kind of stuff yeah mm-hmm. they must have like a bunch of cnc machines just going all at once too it
0: takes like 11 hours i think it said to make one of those 11 speed uh from start to finish i don't know about the 12 speed ones but they had a thing it was like 11 hours per cassette. Jeez, that's a lot of machining it literally that's starts a off power, one dude. block yeah i mean when it's aluminum it's easy to cut it's just the precision dude like i i the the code and everything that to write that mm-hmm. uh, it's it's really impressive dude I don't know how they do it Damn. I really don't
1: yeah all right let's uh let's drink some more beer dude what what uh what do you want what do you want do you want the swamis from uh, Pizza Port what do you want you got you got you, you drank your beer yet or what that's
0: we're empty bro. you dry uh, you dry uh, hmm. what but, now
1: we are okay What all do
0: right. you want to do dude pop it open
1: let's, It's right. your uh, Pizza Port Yeah, Pizza Port, dude Pizza What's good, dude You been there? Pizza Port?
0: Yeah, I went there a couple years back For a uh, My friend uh, was having like a, a party down there His um, girlfriend's parents lived down there and We had a house that we were hanging out at And then we went down That um, night Did some bar hopping over there Pizza Port Like it's in that same area
1: Cool it's, spot, man. It's, it's a really cool layout, dude. Like the pizza port down there, I've never been there. It's funky, like the little step down. Uh, yeah. is it a
0: step down to the bar? It's a step down, yeah. It's yeah.
1: pretty, pretty, pretty tight quarters in there. I mean, if you're a little buzz, dude, like <laughs> <laughs> too many stairs, too many stairs <laughs> too many up dude. and downs. <laughs> <laughs> Forget it, dude. Might as well get an Uber downstairs, man. Just hang out there for a little bit.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's cool, though. I've only been down there that one time. But, uh, it's a pizza port, but it was, you yeah, know, it's good food. We just had like wings and pizza and whatnot.
1: I was watching that one guy. Uh, who's the guy from that does the pizza reviews? You uh, keep bringing that guy up, dude. I've never watched it. I, I think really? I've
0: watched like
1: five seconds on Instagram. Bar- Barstool Sports guy, whatever. Yeah, uh, dude. the Presidente, whatever. Is it really that good? Should I, should yeah. I watch it? I mean, sort of thing? I would. I would. <laughs> <laughs> he he gave he gave one one pizza place like a 0.0, and uh, it was like Jesus. controversial controversial stuff. Dude, like uh, I guess they they. They're taking it to, to heart, or and then they're going to redo their whatever, make it better than ever, or something like that.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, Barstool sport, uh, Sports has a huge following, man. Yeah. And if you get tarred with a zero. <laughs> 0. zero dude. <laughs> As a company, man, that's devastating. I couldn't even imagine. The power, just cause, just because, the power of social media, dude. Just because one guy doesn't like it. What if it's good? To, I mean, obviously, it's good to some people, but it's still in business. Yeah. That guy didn't like it because he's a snob, and he <laughs> possibly ruined the business. Now the business has to reevaluate everything that it does. The guy in the back that's been there for like twenty five years is like, I've been making this dough for twenty five years. What do I do? <laughs> like, well, well, all of a sudden it's like, oh shit! It,
1: it's it's kind of like that show with the uh, man. What's who's that one chef guy? That's, Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, where he's like turns, like he does a twenty four hour deal with like no, a restaurant.
0: That's uh, uh that is Robert Gordon. Robert Irvine.
1: No, no, it's Robert, it's it's it's, it's uh, Gordon Ramsay. Well, they both do. Yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, he,
0: yeah. Uh, Robert Irvine did that whole thing where like he would basically take it over and you would talk to all the staff and see where the problem was at in the business. Like you basically say, "Oh, my restaurant's failing. I'm a million dollars in debt." Yes. That kind of thing. Yeah. Yes. They both do that kind of thing. They're both funny when it comes to that.
1: But I mean, how much of that is real? How much of that is like made up, dude? I wonder. Some. I would say a lot of it's real because you can look at the uh, the checkups that they do mm-hmm. that
0: they don't really post, but you can look on the website. A lot of those places close even afterwards. It, That's it, pretty it's, sad, dude. Like they'll say. Their sales tripled in the next three months, and they were doing awesome. And then they just went right back to their old ways. And you'll see that's a, lot. a problem. Yeah, and you'll see the same thing where like you get, uh, you'll get a guy where he has a menu, and then Robert Irvine comes in and says, "Hey, you got to change a menu, man. Like this isn't working. You got to change the layout." And then the guy's like, "I've been doing this for 20 years. Like I don't need to change it." And yeah, then forget about it. Changes it for three months, get all the sales, and he then he reverts back to his old menu, and sure enough, freaking fails.
1: You know, it's hard to break your old ways. It doesn't, and it it just doesn't affect that one person, the owner. It affects, it's a trickle-down effect, dude. You have the staff, so you know, the community, especially for, like, small places. You know, it's like, let's say it's been, sorry, cut you off, but it's like, there's some that are business for 10 plus years, 20 years, and they fail, like, that's like an institution.
0: Oh yeah, you know, are you're, you're it's the livelihood of whoever's underneath you. Absolutely, but this is reminding me of like the same situation with our with our uh, dads in business and whatnot. It's mm-hmm. like you, you have guys that are stuck in their ways. It's hard to convince them to get out of it, and then yeah, feel, they're, they're
1: feel like it. in that rut, dude. You know, you you know, dude, about riding in ruts, dude. Try to get it out of a damn damn <laughs> deep rut, dude. <laughs> Forget about it, dude. I was just listening. Forget
0: about it. I was just listening to a podcast though about uh, it was like the mentality behind or like the. Uh, as you grow up and as you get older your personality personality will change slightly to where, like the older you get the more conservative you get not politically but
1: stubborn the, i would say stubborn
0: you get more especially after having kids it's just you you increase your your right, i guess you decrease your risk factor in life and you want to find the groove that works for you which makes sense I mean, it comes with age so it's hard to take someone that's 50 60 years old and say hey what you're doing is wrong even though it's been working, especially now with like everybody saying, like in my generation being twenty five, they said you you don't expect to have a career, the same career for more than ten years. Mm-hmm. Like you are going to have seven seven was it five to seven different jobs in your lifetime versus my dad having the business for almost thirty years.
1: But but here is here is I was into the radio on the on the stats. Millennials now will stick out a relationship like a marriage or whatever, versus like, you know. Our, you know, baby per- boomers, baby or, boomers are or the, the greatest the generation, like d- the, the divorce rate was a lot higher then than it is now.
0: I wonder why. Maybe because you guys, like you're, glu- right? glutton for punishment. I don't know. Dude. So like you're like, what are you?
1: Thirty
0: five.
1: Thirty seven. You're thirty seven. Yeah. Damn you're
0: thirty seven. <laughs> 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 I know I'm old, dude. Dude, Damn. weren't you
1: thirty two when we met? No, you were younger. How old were you when, when we met? I don't remember, dude. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. How old were you when we met? You had a, what year was that epic? Uh, 2011? 13 maybe? Were you, were you
0: under 30 when I met you? No. Probably, you were probably 30, 31. Yeah. Holy shit. Dude. Yeah, it's time been a long time,
1: dude. <laughs> nice bike, by the way. Dude, the new epics are pretty nice. <laughs> <laughs> dude,
0: we're all over the place.
1: Um, they went to Rock Sox versus Fox, but it's okay.
0: Yeah, they do look nice.
1: Yep, still specialized. Um,
0: what were we talking about? You want a red one? I do. (laughs) We were talking about uh, business age. What were we talking about? Yeah. Oh yeah, you're uh, the in between. So like, are you saying that people like your age have higher? uh, Lower, lower, lower divorce rate. at thirty, they're sticking. They're sticking it out, dude. Higher divorce rate, older than you
1: like our parents age, our grandparents age, there was a lot more divorce going on then than now.
0: Weird. I mean, I guess obviously it's longer than relationships, so maybe they wanted to break it off longer. Well, well you know what? You know I what I think why.
1: I think it is is that now we're getting married at a later at an older age versus then. Like my yeah. par- my parents got married yeah. or they were, you know, got married like at 18. Right? I'm sure if I got married at 18, I probably wouldn't be a, with my with my the wife that I had, you know, or whatever, you know. Yeah,
0: I mean? dude. I I, mean, I was dating a girl at eighteen, and I'm like, "What am I doing?" <laughs> <laughs> it's right? like, That was fun for six months. Yeah. Next. Next. <laughs> 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 right. Yeah, dude. Right,
1: somebody stop this carousel, man. I'm getting a little dizzy. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, it's like my my dad's parents. Um, they were both twenty. I think they're. About the same age. What, my, I think my grandpa's a year older than my grandma. Yeah, this
1: this, this beer is all you, man. Too strong. I'm not a fan. Not a fan, dude. Not a port. Yeah.
0: All right. Which one is this? Is the, this a uh, that's the
1: Swami's pizza port that you got? Yeah, pizza port, man. Dude, I'm getting here.
0: Heavy tonight.
1: There's a little bit more in there. I just Jesus. You know what? You're was oh, point eight. I, I thought it was. More it's not that. a lot, dude. But uh, it's just a bitterness, bitterness factor. I'm sorry, dude.
0: No, you're fine, dude. <laughs> Don't apologize. Give me more beer. Oh, Eey, fail!
1: All right, probably that's okay. We, we got, probably yeah. sound
0: so drunk on on the podcast. Yeah. You got kids <laughs> dropping over. Oh, dude, getting getting lightheaded, getting
1: wasted.
0: <laughs> no, yeah. what I would say though, going back because you keep on derail on it. <laughs> I guess I do the same thing. I'm pretty um, good at that, dude. <laughs> no, my my dad's parents. My my grandma had all four of her kids by the time she was 25 years old. Yeah. Four kids at 25. I'm 25. I'm, you know, 25 and a half, if you want to be like that. 25, I couldn't imagine having a kid right now, dude. What, it's what did insane, they insane, dude. And that was, I mean, what are they? They're, they're 78, 79 now. Different times, dude. Jesus. I mean, granted, I had a great grandpa. So, like, it was, it was my grandma's dad that was still around. So, they were, you know, runs in the family mm-hmm. starting young, besides my dad. They went a little bit later. I think my mom was 32 when she had me, which is a bit okay. later. Wait, so you're the oldest, right? Youngest. Youngest. Yeah, my brother was born in '88. I was born in '93. So okay. she was like 27 ish when she had my brother. Okay. Which is probably about the same, same thing I'm looking at. You know, in my life. 27 seems like a good age. You don't want to go past a certain age to have kids.
1: Well, I mean, it's it's okay for a guy, but for the for the wife, for the woman, Thir- yeah. Anything past 32, I think, is what they say. No, 37. Past 37. 37 for sure. 32, I know,
0: is, is like that that point where it's not bad but there is an increase at thir- like 32 the risk or. factor yeah. yeah yeah
1: yeah i don't, I don't know man kids how, dude
0: how old is your wife is that a weird thing to ask <laughs> is she younger or older than you she's younger okay yeah she's like 18 <laughs> <laughs> that
1: that'd be a handful dude
0: <laughs> by the way i've never met her even though we've been friends for like 7 years
1: uh, she'll be down there next weekend, down in Ensenada If you guys, if you want to come down, oh, you're still working you're on the gonna, passport you're deal. Gonna, you're gonna have
0: to <laughs> <laughs> smuggle me, <laughs> smuggle the white guy down there. Yeah, right. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, next weekend, dude. Good times down in Baja, but uh, you know, drinking beers. So <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you a question, Jordan. What
0: do you so, got?
1: Are you, are you, a, are you a beer guy? You a beer connoisseur? Nah. Are you well rounded in the anything and all beer? Nah,
0: dude. You got the wrong guy.
1: Wrong. Uncle B's. Uh, MIA right now.
0: What do you got? What's up?
1: If I gave you a top ten list of the top of the 2007 top beer producers. 2007. 2017. 17. Top top ten beer producers. Okay. In the United States. Quantity. Yeah. Okay. Who do you think is number one?
0: Number one. And this is including all domestic Bud Light Corona. This is, or not Corona, but this, this Bud is just Light, the top beer weather. producers. is tough because i know some of those companies own
1: other companies mm-hmm. there's a lot of salads out there
0: uh i couldn't i couldn't even think dude honestly what's what's the uh bush or whatever uh
1: no no i'm talking about the uh the states i'm sorry i, I, I missed that up dude
0: you said what well, beer is making them
1: mo- the, by, the two, by st- 2017 top beer producers per by state you're done with the ipas bro <laughs> That's it. You know Pizza what? For, pork. Forget you, man. I'm, See I'm ya. Gonna, I'm gonna open the rock cuts right now. Bro. Get your lazy hazy, bro. <laughs> Sit back.
0: <laughs> Collect weird? your words. <laughs> Figure out what you're gonna t- like. Tell me.
1: 2017, <laughs> like, tell me. First, 2017 top 10 beer producers when you, when by states. By said, state. When I'm you sorry. Said
0: ha- I have a question for you. I was like, dude, <laughs> you're gonna ask me like, when did I lose my virginity, bro? Like, I thought this was serious. And, oh no, what kind of production are we looking at for beer 2017? <laughs>
1: by state by state yeah. who is making
0: the most yeah ah, what's the drunkest
1: state? by barrels
0: boston drinks a lot uh, by the barrel colorado they're number three It's close number one california i guess number, obviously that's, that's, obviously not that would be the obvious california's answer. number two
1: oregon nope number one mm. east coast east coast yeah there are a bunch of drunks out there in the East Coast Jesus uh... Rocky Rocky Balboa
0: I'm too young for that dude Get out What? Of here. Sorry dad Wow uh, Massachusetts No man uh, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania number one dude Oh how about a- Jesus I'm sure listeners are like
1: Pennsylvania Damn it man You freaking millennials <laughs> Sitting back Ignorant, <laughs> not listening to Rocky
0: Balboa. That's why you guys don't have motivation in your life. <laughs> Watch dur- a damn movie. Dur- 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 Watch a real movie.
1: Yeah, get off a of damn Netflix, dude. Speaking <laughs> of ne- dur- well, hold on. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm really dur- 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 my own little thing here. All right. Pennsylvania, three point seven million barrels in two thousand seventeen sold. Holy shit. California That's a lot. number two, three point three million barrels.
0: You say three point seven at Pennsylvania?
1: Yes. California, 3.3. Oh, my God. Uh, Number three, Colorado is a big drop, 1.5 million barrels. So the top two are the 3 million barrels. And then...
0: California makes sense because we have a huge economy, but what is Pennsylvania doing, dude? Steel mills. They must have, like, a huge production uh, center there for some companies. I'm assuming, like... like Uh, Anheuser-Busch or something.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I think they have their own, like... Brand out there, right? That's been around since like the 1800s or something.
0: I mean, Jesus, dude, to, to be putting that much out compared to like uh, California—that's ridiculous.
1: But Colorado, 1.5, right? I mean, you—you you would think Colorado, um, the it's gonna—it's gonna produce beer, right?
0: Yeah, but they have a lot of like—I'm only thinking as like, oh, like what are the beer drinkers? But I mean, Colorado—I'm I'm only thinking of like the connoisseurs of fancy beers, which mm-hmm. are usually low output. Though, so so i so
1: I'm—I'm talking. I'm, I'm going to tell you the good news, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the bad news. Right, uh, Florida number four with one point four, Ohio, one point four, number six, New York, one point two, North Carolina, one point two, Texas, the Lone Star State, one point two, I a million more. barrels.
0: I would have thought more.
1: Uh, Oregon number nine with one million barrels, and then Wisconsin, <laughs> cheeseheads. <laughs> One, <laughs> one million barrels sold. That I mean, th- the numbers are staggering, dude.
0: Also, well, I just looked up a stat right now. It says uh, to put it all in perspective, that means California is producing one barrel of beer for every twelve people in the state, whereas Pennsylvania is producing one barrel for every three people in the state.
1: That's nuts.
0: Holy crap, dude! <laughs> that is so much beer. I mean, it's a it's a big industry, man. That is just. Absolutely insane. I would have never even thought that, man. That's that's Jesus. I don't even know, man.
1: What do you do? You drink more beer. Just gonna stop, right? stop drinking we're Stop
0: drinking. <laughs> well, I
1: mean, we're we're I mean, hey. I mean, Number I failed two.
0: Sober October really hard, you know. <laughs> you know what? It didn't take long. I, I was supporting it, dude.
1: You were, and then
0: we had two very large cups of coffee. And, then, and I and got a little too jittery, and I'd rather feel a little bit of buzz in the head than, <laughs> than some caffeine, man. Like the caffeine kept me up. I, I think I stayed up till like 1.30 that night morning. Yeah,
1: it's uh, well. I, th- I think you uh, you gave up the you gave up your your uh, sober October virginity in in Boston, right? I did. I had so to. So it was it wasn't me. I'm not a bad influence. Whatever, dude. I'm blaming you. <laughs> uh, I was kind of so- uh, scrolling through the social uh, social webs there. Uh, toolbox Brewing Company down in San Diego shut their doors uh, about a month ago. Never heard of them. Yeah, that's they, probably why. Well, no, be, I mean they're just the gunk. It's <laughs> close the doors. <laughs> it's the gunk. Toolbox. <laughs> it's messed up. Um, it's just as many as open up. That's you know, there's a good amount of rate that just shut down, dude. Well, I don't know how true it is anymore, but like breweries used to be some of the best like local things to
0: invest in. I mean, the the success rate, at least for the first year for a brewery was really high like mm-hmm. it was in like the high 90% uh, percentile range. Yeah, but, but um, mm-hmm. it's it's the consistency and keeping the lifestyle and the innovation around is probably the hard thing in the long term. But people want to try a new beer like the, like regardless of taste is definitely one of the things, but people love marketing especially with beer. Yeah. And if, if you have a good logo and like a like good names to your beer and you you have what's what's going on, you have a good little spot for like a good tasting room, people will go kind of a weird industry to be honest people are like searching for that that trendy that new thing
1: well alvarado street's got like twenty five thousand followers on the instagram dude jesus that's a lot yeah you know and pizza port i mean they have you know several locations and then the pizza's good dude yeah do blown away by the pizza
0: you'll find that beer in a restaurant too like i think yard house has it sometimes Pizza and, Port, yeah like it's it gets
1: around you know um
0: at least in our area in socal but i don't know if that goes further
1: I think that what, um, I was talking to the, um, to the owner of Sis Montaigne and, you know, he, he's, he's pretty tried and true with what he, what they, what they do and what their, what their, their name is. They don't, they're not into the trendy, like IP, like the hazy stuff. You know, they're all about traditional beers, um, you know, stouts and stuff like that. Some, mm-hmm. some sours and stuff, but you know, you don't get all this new stuff and you, you look at their, their following, their, their base and they don't have a, a huge amount of followers. But you go in there and there's a there's just always a steady flow of people that are there and they' like there's a lot of people there that are returning customers you know what I mean yeah a lot of friendly faces when you go you know or familiar faces when you when you go there
0: couldn't imagine working at a brewery I would probably drink way too much <laughs> like it would be so easy to drink I, I think I mean obviously those guys every time I go there it seems like people are drinking it's obviously it's a brewery but like working there it's like man Either I would get completely tired of it, or I'd become an alcoholic. <laughs> I don't know how people do it.
1: One of the two, right?
0: It's uh, that'd be tough.
1: You know, you're so into this. To the what? The beer stuff?
0: Yeah, dude, you got new stuff every week. I don't even
1: know what you're doing. You know what? Uh, it's it's exciting, dude. It's fun. Like, trying something new, something new, and something different. I mean, obviously, Alvarado because I was just up there not too long ago. So. That was a good beer, the Countach. Yeah, uh, that, we're What's gonna it? we're gonna say that for last. Right now, we have the Rock Cuts. Did you have the Rock Cuts? Nah, oh, dude, you gave me the rest of that other one, the pizza port that you, you ate wanted it. it. I didn't hate it. It's just not my style. Yeah, it's definitely bitter for sure. Mm-hmm. So Colorado has a lot of breweries that are shutting down. Okay. Um, and they're opening weed shops in the back. Did you see that they gross like,
0: over $1 billion in taxes?
1: So maybe that's what's going on. They're just shutting down the brewers and they're opening up dispensaries?
0: I'd be curious if there weren't some businesses that were doing both. I wonder. Oh. I wonder if that has an effect on their on the uh, the beer sales.
1: So another two stone to to go to the brewery. No, <laughs> it could. Be, I mean, this is all. This is
0: all just like bullshit. But I, I feel <laughs> just like st-
1: stone out of their mind. Like, nah, dude, let's just order some pizza, bro. <laughs> well,
0: the, the health effects of weed are a lot less damaging than alcohol, especially if you want to get crazy with it. I mean, I, like, weed is not really that bad for you. It's just got the bad stigma to it.
1: Mm. I mean, I, I I am all about the CBD stuff, dude. Now I don't know if that's like a I think we talked about that. Yeah, Um we'll see. But there's we'll see.
0: there's a stigma though that like I, I and it's a stigma strong enough to where I still really I just haven't haven't tried weed before really. I, mean, I just it's weird. There's like a mental block there that I just feel like it worked in your childhood where they say it's like don't touch it. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, that's that's that that stuff. The fear like the, factor. That's the bad stuff. And like in my mm-hmm. head, even at 25, even though I know it's not people say it's not as bad as alcohol I still feel like kind of weird about it you know mm-hmm. but i think in colorado when they make it legal and everybody's accepting like to that it's maybe that's taken over a little bit maybe it's like hey let's go to the uh, dispensary instead of the bar i don't mm. know i wonder if they have like social dispensary type bar things
1: do they i'm, not, I'm I, I you know what i don't think it's allowed you know no. you know when i went to to Austin, i went that was the first time i Indoor ever
0: smoking i guess not huh Yeah. Well, i guess hookah bars are a thing i don't know
1: so if they got, like, like, a patio in the back where they can just, like, I get high.
0: Because I wonder if people just want to do that instead of going and have a beer.
1: Mm. I mean. These are high thoughts. <laughs> <Or drunk. laughs> you know what? Um, that could be something in the future, for could sure. Be? I mean, you know, laws are changing. Everything's changing. The landscape of California is definitely changing, and also in the United States. So, you know, we can't rule that out. Yeah. You know, that could be a possibility in the future where, you know. People have little smoke outs, you know, at, you know, at restaurants or something. You know, you have like a little area in the back where you can just smoke weed.
0: I mean, obviously, it have to be like a, a weed-friendly thing, but it would be like your I mean, it would be restaurant. great for
1: a restaurant, dude, especially like a high-end restaurant where you like just <laughs> a sushi place, dude. Imagine the guys that are stoned, <laughs> dude, just kept ordering sushi. <laughs> dude, uh, talk about the bill getting racked hey, up, man. dude. I mean, I guess so. I mean, it. if I was a restaurant owner, I'd be, I'd, I'd be all about that, dude. Yeah. You know, you'd be making money left and right, dude. Why not?
0: Yeah, it, apparently the munchies are a thing. I mean, if uh, I I get pretty hungry when I drink, so I wonder what the whole weed munchies are like.
1: <laughs> I don't know, do you do I, I want the worst stuff too, whatever it's like. Oh,
0: it's like uh, uh, in and out or whatever, but I don't know.
1: In and out's good. Yeah, so uh there's um this is a study on, you know, what's a checking out the internet. So July 18th. Checking out the internet, dude. Checking out the internet is pretty 20, sexy. 2018, dude. July 18, two, 2018. <laughs> There's been a, three breweries that shut down since July. Um, Sky, Sky Brewing Company, S K E Y E, Open Door Brewery Brewing Company, and then Three Four Beer Co. shut down this year.
0: If you've never heard of them,
1: now you know why. That's exactly why they're shutting down. No offense to them, but it's uh it's sad, dude. You know,
0: it's all marketing. I would say. I mean, if they're making, I bad, think so. If it's I bad th- beer, it's one thing, but I think it's marketing
1: i think it's it's a combination of that and, and an oversaturation of of that's exactly of, what i was gonna say of uh breweries dude
0: they're everywhere yeah everywhere people saw that there was money in it and they liked making beer so they all oh, just going to open up a spot you know an industrial area and it's like mm-hmm. okay what's your long term like you're, right. gonna, you're gonna get that initial rush but how are you going to keep them and mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know they know how to make the beer but they don't have to they don't know how to do the marketing to keep the customer
1: right right yeah it's a trip dude I don't know. I'm just gonna keep riding bikes when I can. <laughs> you know, speaking of speaking of riding bikes, what's up with this ABS stuff, dude? So that's a trip.
0: I did I did a little bit of reading on this little thing, and it's what? it's a company called Outbreaker, and they Outbreaker. say a new anti-lock brake system for bicycle for bicycle. Obviously, it's not from here. <laughs>
1: it, it is. It is uh, a
0: new anti-lock brake system for bicycle. Um, so this is an inner bike, um, this past year, um or this year.
1: Yeah. And uh it's a trip, dude. I, I actually um, um I rode an e bike that had that system on there. Did you? Yeah. I didn't notice the difference.
0: Well, because you're not setting it up to yourself. So like right. I guess l- let's explain it to the people that don't know, which is probably everybody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it looks to Breaking be Breaking news. They don't really have many details on here, but it looks like you have it's essentially a valve system that you put on your. Uh, I need to boot my mouth up to the microphone. It's essentially a valve system that goes on to your brake lever, and um, it's adjustable. So they say you have 45 clicks of adjustment to this valve system, that um, essentially regulates how much oil pressure you're putting to the uh, the uh, caliper, like in total. So like even if you do like a full pull, it's gonna it's not gonna allow you to put as much pressure as if you didn't have the reducer mm-hmm. on.
1: Um, so depending on like the modulation that you have on your on your current brake system, right?
0: Yeah, and it seems like every bike that they have on here for the most part is XT, and then they say you can fit Formula and um, I want to say Magura, possibly. Yeah, so it's, um, not, it's not
1: it's not for every every uh, brake manufacturer. Or no, brand. but
0: but most, but it seems the the name anti lock brake system seems a little disingenuous. Mm. Um, it looks like it, all it does is really. Um, Limit the power that you can put to the brake.
1: So would you call that fake news? I mean, <laughs> I mean, you did say disingenuous. So I mean,
0: I mean, they they say in the article or in this in this uh, brochure that they this is not like the other um, companies that just uh, take away brake power. But
1: yeah, you can fine tune it, it. There's like, um, but it kind of kind of is. It
0: it, it kind of is. Yeah, kind of is. Yeah. But um. I mean, you have 45 clicks of adjustment, so I'm assuming it's just like a detented kind of adjustment, but you mm-hmm. just uh, kind of change how many clicks you want to where your brake stops at a certain point. It's weird. I mean, the whole idea, like, when we were first looking at it, so they have a system where it's, it's a valve that um, breaks into two different hoses, so you can actually run one brake lever for two brakes. That's a really cool setup. Mm. So, like, what we were talking about before we started the podcast, so, like, when I was working at the path, there was this guy that um, he had his arm... He had one arm, essentially. I'll just start it there. And he had a uh, Process 134. He wanted a custom build. And he had a uh, Shimano Dior brake uh, set up. And we basically had to set up both brakes on, I want to say it was his left side. And um, you had to flip the brake levers up and over or whatever. It was just kind of funky. You had to have two brake levers to pull at the same time. Yeah. And then have the shifter and the dropper post all on one side. And it was awesome because the guy can shred even with one arm. I thought it was pretty awesome. But like seeing this, you could just use one brake lever and it splits it in two and you can adjust it as well if you wanted to adjust the power, which is that's actually a pretty trick. I mean, I think that's actually a good idea.
1: Yeah, but is it going to is it going to um, overcook the, the, the fluid?
0: I don't see why. What, what do you think?
1: Well, because, you know, instead of instead of having a front and rear, you have to have the, have the fluid going to these hoses right to the front and the rear now. Well, it right. splits in two, so you have okay. you have
0: two separate. Like you're using one plunger for two whole hoses to push, mm. which is kind of funky. I wonder what that's like as far as the feel. Um, yeah, because it, it, it goes it literally bolts on to the lever. The X, in this picture, it's an XT lever, bolts straight to the um, where the banjo would go, and um, splits off into two hoses. That'd be funky. I wonder how you bleed that. Mm. You bleed them all at the same time. You have like three syringes or like two nice. syringes, and then you have the cup at the top of the Shimano. That's funky. I wonder mm. what that feels like, because like that—that that, it's only designed to push one hose worth of fluid. Fluid, yeah. So the displacement would kind of be kind of funky. I wonder if you'd want to do like a, a Saint lever with more dis- oh, uh, displacement. yeah,
1: yeah. I I, I knew a uh, um. He's he's still around. Uh, Charlie Curry from Curry Enterprises. You know, they're the they do a lot of like off-road stuff. for The Curry ends. Okay. So um, he was. This was like years ago. Like you know. 10, 15 years ago he was out down in Baja moto and he was you know crested over a hill I guess there was mm-hmm. like some like the sun was in his eye or something and a buggy came on the other side right and it yeah, and it Jesus it pretty much like took his his like his uh from the elbow down like took him you know took his hand off right so they uh so they they saved this you know like he survived yeah, right but Jesus so this guy converted his KTM 525 to recluse crutch, Damn, right? He converted all the controls to the to the right hand side. It's a big bike too. Yeah, and so he, you know, we went down there. This is like six years ago. We went down on a on a motor trip all the way from Antonado to Los Cabos, and he rode with a prosthetic arm. You know, and he had like a
0: bolted on. The other side. It, it was like
1: Velcro to the to the uh, to the handlebar, so all the controls were on the right hand side. The brake, and you know everything was set up on the right hand side. And you know this guy was a. Uh, it's amazing what he can do with one arm, dude. One arm, Charlie, dude. And he also races off road, races desert trucks and stuff.
0: That's pretty awesome, dude. Yeah,
1: and uh, towards the end of the trip, uh, he ended up uh, breaking his prosthetic arm. He, you oh know, shit! Because you know, you, if you like stall out or something, you like you you gotta stop.
0: Fall. Yeah, you fall over to the side. Y- yeah, you fall <laughs> over,
1: right? <laughs> so we, we ended up duct taping his his arm towards the end of the trip, and I think he broke a couple ribs. But I mean, he soldiered on, dude. Like ten days of riding all the way down to Cabo.
0: That is so crazy to me the whole the, the human body and how it adapts uh, like mentally is a big thing too so there's a, a TED talk with um, that guy from GMBN on YouTube Martin Ashton he's a trials rider mm. did you ever see the videos road bike
1: party I mean I seen that the trials guys like at um, like sea otter those guys that are jumping from like one thing to another like that or
0: yeah so it's trials riders but you have like uh, Danny McCaskill mm-hmm. you know Danny Um He's buddies, or like, they're s- still buddies. But with this guy Martin Ashton, he's a bit older now. He was a trials rider, and they were doing these series called Road Bike Party, and they had like one, two, and three, I want to say. And he was one of those guys. They were doing trials on a road bike, and it was crazy, Damn. like just doing ridiculous stunts. And in the middle of shooting the last one, Martin Ashton got in an accident, and uh, he became a. Uh, I want to say he's paralyzed from the waist down now. Initially, it was, it was worse, but he got better. But now he's, he's in a wheelchair for life, basically. He did a TED Talk about it, and he um, went through basically a struggle of, like, I still want to do action sports. Like, I'm a professional athlete. It's kind of tough, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you listen to the guy, and the other people he met, too. I mean, it could be someone that had the same kind of, like, similar action sport ac- accident. It could be a, a, a military, you know, war veteran-type accident and have the same kind of thing. Some people pull through and they find happiness somehow even when they lose arms and, like limbs in any sort of yeah. way. It's weird, man. And like this guy, he like he rode a uh, he rode a bike down parts of I, I don't know if it was the whole thing of Fort William downhill course, but he was on like an e-bike downhill bike. Jeez. Down Fort William. But the guy, it's it's amazing how much the brain overcompensates. Like you would think, man, if I lost all function or if I lost my arm, it would be at the end of the world. Yeah. But it's, if, it's not for some people it might be, it's really rough, but others like the brain adapts. It's pretty crazy. And the guy's the nicest dude ever. If you ever have the opportunity, it's, it's cool to listen to the Ted talk that he has, but he just basically talks about the struggle of like, you know, I have to find now I have to be the best at, uh, you know, the, uh, special or not the special things, the, the, Paralympics? Paralympics. Now he's like, I got to be the best of the Paralympics. You know, yeah. he's like, if I'm going to be an athlete, let's let's see what I can do. And then he goes out and he uh, he goes and does like a, does like a sprint thing in, in the wheelchair. And some like 14-year-old girl ends up beating him. He's like, <laughs> well, I guess I'm not going to do good at that. <laughs> so then he goes to try to uh, to start um, kayaking. And he gets out there and he finds out like his, uh, his abdomen is not supported basically because of his uh, paralysis goes out there and he flips over like four or five times. He's oh, like, geez. "This is embarrassing. I can't do this." And then he eventually, you know, he's like, "Let's let's try to hook up a bike and then let's do a back brace or whatever." And he's riding a bike now. He does like every once in a while, he'll go out and on a bike, and his buddies will help him out and everything. On a regular cool. mountain bike. Yeah, so like I, I think he had a a canyon, I want to say downhill bike, and he had like this brace system that was like this plastic shell looking thing that goes up halfway up his back, and it kind of covers the side, bolsters his sides. It's more like RoboCop, huh? It's weird. Yeah, it's kind of, I guess if you want to call it that. So he had one that was before the e-bikes were kind of a thing, and he would just do like a gravity-assisted thing. And now I want to say he has like an e-bike with the same kind of setup, and he can kind of putt around on his own. It's pretty crazy. And he's like the happiest guy I've ever seen. Like you see him on his videos, like he's like the nicest dude ever. And the guy's in a wheelchair. It's amazing. If we're on a tangent again. But it's just amazing what what the, the mind does, man. Some people actually find the best in it.
1: That's awesome. Speaking of e-bikes, man, I look forward to riding the e-bike next weekend down in Baja.
0: Are you riding an e-bike? The
1: the, the, the Pivot cool. Shuttle.
0: Next weekend or this weekend? Next
1: weekend. On
0: well, the following podcast,
1: I might be MIA, dude. <laughs> Can't be seen <laughs> with you. <laughs> well, it's in Baja. It's not in Mexico. I mean, it's it's in Baja. It's not here in, in It's the in States. Baja, dude. Not in
0: Mexico, you know? Yeah,
1: it's, <laughs> Baja, it's kind of its own little thing, dude. Is Kelly hooking you up with an e-bike or how does that work? Uh, a video.
0: Oh, nice. With a Pivot Shuttle?
1: Pivot Shuttle. Extra nice. large. Yeah, out of his personal fleet.
0: Those are kind of of a hard sell, aren't they? How are they doing? Do you know?
1: Um, sale wise, I'm not sure. Um, but it, they they use a Shimano Shimano engine or motor in it.
0: They're definitely. Uh, I think when they first came out, they like were one of the lighter options, but it seemed like they were pricier than most.
1: There, there's a lot more companies that are coming out with like carbon fiber options, dude.
0: Mm-hmm. And the Libos, the new Lebos now, man, they're like low forty pound range. Like that Levo S Works is like 42, 43 pounds. Jeez, that's light, man.
1: We're gonna have to get get ourselves one of those. Oh. Demo, at least at least get a get an honest feedback on them. Whatever,
0: dude.
1: You know, I mean, some some listeners want to know what what are the thoughts are on, on e bikes.
0: I mean, I've ridden a personal, couple, like jump on a bike. I, I haven't ridden ride.
1: one in like a year, and like the the last one
0: I rode was ridiculous, not legal anywhere. But um, the giant one I rode a couple of years ago, and it was nice. But the new stuff looks good. Mm-hmm. It just uh, doesn't really. Do anything for me?
1: I'll let, I'll let you know, dude, when I, when I come back. I mean, you're going to like it. I know you are. <laughs> Just because uh, the locals on there, I mean, those guys are goats, dude. Some of those trails, I'm like, I can't believe. Like, these guys, and and these guys are on, like, old-school technology, like 26-inch. I saw that. You well, know, one, one by 9 one by 10 setups, dude.
0: The one guy that uh, I saw was on an old Big Hit. Specialized big yeah. hit. Mm-hmm. That was a 2008. I want to say, or that yeah. So that was basically I, I, when I was buying my first real mountain bike. It was between like, there was a stump jumper that was there. Then I saw the big hit. It was the red big hit with the, mm-hmm. the white link on it. I'm like I want that. My dad's. So my dad was just like you know, looking at it from a motorcycle's pers- uh, perspective. He's like, you don't need a downhill bike. That's like a, that's a 250. You need a 125 right <laughs> now. Like kind of thing. You need you need, he's a, like, Pw- you need, you need a PW50. He was basically yeah. <laughs> He was under the, under the impression of, like, you need to start small, work your way up there. Right. Like, Come on, man. Come on, dude. But, like, that guy that was down there in that video you are showing me, he's on a big hit, and that's his all-mountain bike. It's yeah. Like, Jesus, that's a 2008. Yeah. That bike was, like, 40-some-odd pounds, and he's mm-hmm. just pedaling
1: that around. Yeah, these guys are goats, dude. That's
0: insane. Some of these
1: trails are a joke.
0: That's pretty awesome. Pedaling-wise, I couldn't imagine pedaling that bike around, dude. Yeah. Not designed for that at all.
1: It's not. It's, I mean, it's definitely not an X E bike. <laughs> that's for sure. But yeah. So I'm like, I, I need, I need, I need something to balance the the, the scale here. I'm like, yeah, I'm just gonna get an e bike, dude.
0: You're giving in, dude. Were not you just like bitching at somebody about that and like, I oh, just put on the work, you know?
1: Yeah. Don't be lazy. But this is e-bike. Mexico. It doesn't count when you when you hit south of the border. <laughs> Hose in different area codes, huh? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. So we're we're gonna have Uncle B in the studio next weekend. We're gonna talk about his adventures in Moab and. And, uh, that's right I've UTV riding and beer drinking and he's been on a uh, uh, he's a free agent right now so he's enjoying his free agency having a good time so we're gonna catch up with him next week nice and see fun. what what Uncle B's been up to in his adventures always a good time yeah all right guys thanks for listening see Jordan you. see ya peace.